Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar. I am Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe. Welcome back, Sherlyn. We have missed Hello. you. Hello. Thank you. This week, we've got a bunch of stuff. Uh, Apple just dumped uh, two, actually several major devices on us last week. So fun times you missed oh, out on, Sherlyn. Yeah, we will talk about the MacBook Pro with the M2 chips uh, and also a bit about the Mac Mini. My review of that isn't done yet, but we'll do that. And also, Samsung's Unpacked event that's going to be next week and so many things. And we've got a special guest on to talk about that too. So before that, before we get to all of our news, as always, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review wherever wherever you got it, but especially iTunes. You can drop us an email at podcast at Engadget.com. And you can join us live Thursday mornings, typically around 10.30 a.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel. You can see us do the live show. Sometimes we'll show off gadgets and uh, we'll have some Q&A banter time. It's a, it's a great time. So to talk about this new Apple stuff, we've brought on Sam Rutherford, senior writer at Engadget. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? Doing doing okay. It's a busy week. It's also, I'm planning to take two weeks off, guys. And you know what happens when you're planning to take time off. You, you got to do like double the work to make sure you're, you're yep. clear for your time off. So anyway, I'm, I'm juggling that in these reviews. How are you guys doing? Happy Lunar New Year. Happy everything. Thank you. Yeah. Has yeah, not been that happy in America, but I hope you guys have had a good time. Well, as off today, the recording of this podcast, it is day five of the Lunar New Year. It lasts for about 15 days and every day has a different meaning to it. I forget what today is, but day 10 is everybody's birthday um, in Mandarin. And uh, well, I was out because I was in L.A. celebrating with my family and there was a shooting right when we were there celebrating, so that was great. But not to bring I didn't down the podcast. You were out there. I thought you were. <laughs> I, th- I, I think, think you, you already here. did. Yeah. You didn't even mention it. It's the year of the rabbit. Hey, it's my year. Yeah, that means I'm either 12, 24, 36, 48, or 60 or older. So I y'all feel like can 12 guess. Twelve is a good number. Twelve is a good. I'm fit. twelve. This is yeah. true. I am Someone's 12. Totally 12. He's a Let's talk about okay. these things, guys. Uh, these yes. new computers. Uh, my review of the MacBook Pro with the M2 Max chip. That is the like higher end. Uh, 14-inch MacBook Pro uh, just went up. It's it's everything you expect. I'm not sure if uh, listeners and readers were at all surprised. It's the same case as we had last time. We reviewed the MacBook Pro 14-inch and 16-inch uh, two years ago. That was the end, actually, over over a year ago, basically. It was the fall of 2021, and the timing just like is really weird. I think we got these computers a little delayed, as we were talking about last week on the show. Like I th- 
feels like Apple wanted to debut them in the fall, and it took them a while to get these chips ready. So there were some reports around that. Um, same cases, new chips. And my, my TLDR of my review is that, hey, if you bought one of those last ones, you, you definitely don't need to upgrade. But if you are a creative professional, if you're somebody editing tons of video every day um, or doing 3D rendering or stuff, um, I did find that the benchmarks are significantly better. And if you are relying on your job to buy you a machine and, you know, time is money, there was one benchmark I did uh, converting a 4K clip to a 1080p. It took 41 seconds with last year's uh, M1 Max computer. This year it took 31 seconds. And that was a minute long clip. So that time will compound greatly, you know, over, over time as you're doing like bigger projects. So I think that's good. Sam, Sherlin, like any thoughts on these new machines? You know, I think you kind of hit it on, on the head right there. And I think, you know, like we see that like incrementally there's like, you know, overall, I think it's like 20% more performance overall, which, you know, not game breaking, but definitely nice. But I think what, what you said is like, you know, if you like look into some of the, the finer print, they talk about like it supports mo uh, more video yeah, uh, yeah. decoding streams and coding streams, especially for ProRes. And so that's the kind of thing that like you're actually going to notice on a day to day basis. So unless like you know, like you said, unless you're like a content creator, you know, you're working with a lot of videos, you're doing a lot of encodes, you know, that's the kind of thing where it really matters for the rest of the people. You know, it's not it's not a die, like a diehard upgrade. It's not something you like need to go out and replace right away. Um so it's like, you know, you, you, you have, and this kind of speaks to like technology buyers as a whole. Like you really got to know what the device you're getting for, what it's supposed to do for you, because it's like, you know, not everybody needs the same amount of processing yeah. for all across every. That's app. my, that's my main piece of advice for, for everybody when they tell me like, oh, I need a computer, you know, or my mom needs a computer. And then it's like, okay, what are you going to do with it? You know, exactly. what do you need it for? Um, because that kind of determines everything. Um, any any thoughts, mm -hmm. Roman, on this new hardware? Yeah, no, my thing is this, right? And you made it clear in your summary of your review. It seems like this is an performance aside, this is a somewhat incremental upgrade. There don't seem to be other big changes. So my question is, we're kicking off 2023 with an incremental new MacBook Pro. Is it, a, like you said, a holdover from last year? Or is it like, you know what I mean? Like, is this mm -hmm. incremental thing the theme for 2023? Because I mean, we had a big uh, yeah. incremental year in 2023. There was a, a Mark Gurman report from Bloomberg who said that basically this, this is not going to be a very big year for Apple. Like, maybe they'll show off the AR headset. And even that, like he later reported that that's going to be delayed. Maybe we'll see a cheaper mixed reality headset. But it doesn't sound like we're going to get much new hardware. But guys, let's be realistic here. The last MacBook Pros we got were huge redesigns. Apple does not do huge redesigns for too long, right? Like the previous MacBook Pro cases we were looking at, the Intel ones, they, those lasted for like basically five years of like a same basic design. So I like this design. I'm not going to knock it. And my other piece of advice is if you somehow still have an Intel Mac, um, buddy, now, now is the time to upgrade. Like your life will be exponentially better with one of these new machines. Mm-hmm. When is Rosetta being phased out again? The, I don't. Uh, they they haven't really timed it because there's a there's a lot of software that still relies on Rosetta emulation. But you know what? As we found, even with the M1 machines, Rosetta emulation is very good, and in fact, sometimes faster than comparable Intel chips. So there, it seems like we've gotten over the compatibility humps. A lot of uh, developers have updated their software. The few that haven't, you know, it still runs fine, and you. I think people need to modernize their their setups a little too. So maybe some people will have to change which tools they're using. But I think that transition is worth it because the M the M series chips are here to stay. It's not going to be changing anytime soon. So anyway, very good laptop. 
if you have an Intel, uh, just just run out, run out the door right now, uh, make a cartoon cloud, and just get one of these computers. It'll make your life so much easier. The Mac Mini is kind of interesting because we didn't, I didn't get to review the Mac Mini when uh, the last one came out, and I wasn't too sad about it because it's like, okay, I saw the performance of the M1 computers and it's the same thing. It's the same chip in a desktop form. Not much of a difference here. What's new this year is that Apple has put in the M2 Pro chip into a Mac Mini, giving us a model that is like in between the base level Mac Mini and uh, and the Mac Studio, which starts at $19.99. I got to look at the price of this one again. Um, but to me, that is interesting. Like, does that tickle you guys at all, Sam and Trillin? I forget if the M2 Pro is more than the M2 Max, like more powerful. No, no, than the, the Max, M2. the Max is Max. Is the most powerful, And then right? Ultra okay. is more than Max because Ultra is oh two Maxes. Lord. And oh, Pro is better than Base. Pro is better than so. The so actually, this, this, Pro. This, yeah. I was gonna say this brings up a good point because I feel like Apple needs to like uh, clarify their like Pro, yeah. Ultra, Max hierarchy because you have like Max chips in a Pro laptop, and it's like I I understand that like you know if you look at Intel, they have you know a huge number of chips, but at least it's like you know you have your i3s, your i5s, i7s. Yeah. It's a little bit more clear, whereas like. You know, depending on who you ask, like, is Ultra better than Max? I don't, I, I don't you, really you know. know. I prefer words to model numbers. And I, guys, I write about Intel chips all the time. I cannot remember what is the Core i9-12900K. Okay. I get that S, part. Yeah. But 9 is always going to be better than the i5. The 5 is always going to be better than the i3. Sure. Right. sure. So, so there's, there's got to be yeah. a way to, like... I, I agree. I like yeah. the words by the names. I agree, uh, too. The display manufacturers are always terrible about naming oh, monitors they're, and stuff like that mm. and so like i don't want i don't want to go back to like just random numbers and letters I think, I think, but like mm-hmm. there, i think there's a way where you mm-hmm. can have it like just a little signifier so it's a little bit easier to understand um, like max should yeah. be the max max should be the max why is there an ultra above the max i think because that, it, it felt like that was another idea right but also so listen if you if you make like a little side-by-side comparison of all these computers and you just look at the price like i think it's all that's all once you understand those three terms and first of all, Ultra is not something 99% of the population will ever need to worry about, right? Like the Mac Studio, the Ultra chip version of that, that's a $4,000 computer. So oh, yeah, super overkill. Most most computer, most people will not be buying that. Uh, just to clarify, the M2 Pro Mac Mini starts at $1,299 now, which is sounds expensive for a Mac Mini, but that is a faster chip. Like that is a much faster chip with better graphics. Um, has a 10-core CPU, 16-core GPU compared to the base Mac Mini, which has an eight-core CPU, ten-core GPU, um, you know that, that's a, it's a big step up, and it is that in-between machine that felt like we were missing, right, Sam? Oh, totally, and, and I think like you know if I was gonna go buy um like a Mac yeah. computer for my home use, that's the, probably the one that I would get because the price is you know pretty you know approachable and you get better performance but it's not you're not spending a ton of money for the studio and so like i've always loved the mac mini because it's like you know it's a small little cute, so cute. desktop so cute yeah. and and so you know if i want a small station and i've, I've always i've never really liked all-in-ones um and so like, i love having that ability to like okay here i can upgrade the box and then i can have a monitor and the monitor will be good for a really long time you know eight ten years maybe um and so you have that flexibility and yeah, a, a little bit of a performance boost is what all, all we really, uh, really needed uh, in the first place. It's totally. I've gotten some questions from people being like, "So, what, where is the twenty-seven inch iMac? Where are we going to get bigger iMacs?" I'm like, "Dude, dude, like, let go, let go of that dream of the iMac." Because first of all, 
it is so restrictive in terms of what you get from an iMac, whereas you could get this, get a nice monitor, you know, for not that much, like for a couple hundred bucks, you could get a pretty decent monitor. And you have a beautiful system that's like not, you can't dive in there and upgrade RAM stuff, but you can replace the box whenever you need to and take that box, put it under your TV, make it a little like media computer or something like I, I, it's the flexibility of the Mac mini. I've always liked this. The base model is five ninety nine. That is a very nice price for like a computer you stick somewhere, like let it just run your Plex server or something, or just let it be your like uh, something you're doing on your TV. I feel like even for, for, for creatives, like that base model is fine. Like you could do a ton of work with that. So anyway, Mac mini good. Uh, I have not finished this review yet, but I will, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm also dealing with Sundance stuff. Um, so there's at least one review I'll be getting out of Sundance. It's been kind of a weak year for us, but a good year for movies in general. Um, so, yeah. Any other questions about these guys? Because I want to hear about Samsung stuff when you're ready. Yeah. Well, I want to point out that uh, user name Y in our live chat here on the YouTube channel uh, gave some suggestions. One, how about Pro Max for the names for the M2 chips? Uh, I don't know that that'll work, but Y also said, I think they should be C, B, A, and S tier. So like the letters A, B, and C, and then mm, S. So no. going back that's, to no. Sword, that's, no. the Mercedes, that's the Mercedes way of, uh, I hate it. of doing I hate tiers. It. I like words. I like words. Hey, you learn what the words mean like once, right? Like, and you look at the well, pricing. You know, I see. I learned them once and then I forgot. I'm like, it's pro higher than max. It's fine. You learn again. It's it's totally okay. It's better. It's easier than like looking up the like uh, model guidance of like an Intel chip. Oh, my God. All I have to say is if you're listening or watching and you have better ideas on what the names should be, you should send them to us at podcast.com. But hey, pro, ultra, max, like it, you can figure them out. What's up? Oh, I was going to say, I I know Sherlyn, I I know you love four segues. So are you ready for this? Okay. So you're t- talking from one Strapping uh, company in. with ultra machines, <laughs> oh, and now we're moving yeah. to what we're expecting from Samsung, which includes not one but mm-hmm. two potential ultra, ultra, ultra devices. Ultras. Talk about a company oh, that needs help with product names. How about that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I will. I will first say that I did think about that transition too, Sam. So okay. I, great. Hey, great minds think alike. You know. Yes. Well, Samsung needs help with uh, product names because they have way too many products. Let's let's put it that way. They, what the. But at least there's the A series that we know is sort of A for affordable. S series, S for, I don't know, uh-huh. special, uh-huh. super. Please, please and go then, on. And then the, the Z series, because <laughs> there's the letter Z folds, you know? It's mm. uh, it's pretty clear, pretty, pretty clear to me. So uh, I don't know. Um, I, feel, I feel like you've been Samsung pilled in terms of their... No, their, no. Like, no, I think they're... I think their names are fine. I think yeah. they're nowhere near Sony level. So Sony's the yes. worst. But, uh, Sony, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, what do you want to do? You want to tell us what to expect from Samsung? Or I mean, you and I both sort of have been paying attention to the leaks and stuff. Yeah, sure. So you know, as everybody knows, uh, Samsung has its big unpacked event uh, next week on February first, and this is the first one of the year. So they're going to be announcing um, a whole bunch of devices. Now, they haven't actually gone out and said, uh, you know, exactly what they're going to be announcing. But based on, you know, leaks and rumors, um, we're really looking at two main categories of new devices. Uh, There's the uh, new S23 family, which includes, we're expecting uh, an S23 Ultra, a Plus, and a standard S23. So very similar to what we have uh, now. And then as kind of a maybe, you know, curveball a little bit, there's going to be a whole bunch of new uh, Galaxy Book laptops. Um, which includes potentially a Galaxy Book Ultra for the first time. 
I see. So when we tend to like anticipate or prep for these events, we tend to guess like what's going to come out. We always know the phones, right? And and that's a little more predictable. For the other product category, I was like maybe tablets because last year didn't they do the S? Uh, what was it? The nine, the Tab S nine Pro, uh, the the, the S eight series. So yeah, that that came out like in the early spring last year. So it's a little weird that we're not hearing about any new Samsung tablets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, you know, Instead, maybe, maybe, you know, something later this spring or early summer. Um, yeah. we'll see. Instead, they're doing, uh, laptops, the Galaxy Books, which, which to be fair is due an update, right? Like the Galaxy Book series. I love, by the way, the Galaxy Books. I mean, a Galaxy Book laptop. This podcast is being recorded on my Galaxy Book Flex right now. Uh-huh. Talking about Flex. Um, but the... Uh, I, the latest ones were the Galaxy Book 2 series, I believe, the Book 2 Pro and the Book 2 Pro 360. And they're like about to get kind of bland to me. I don't know. Sam, have you got a lot of experience with these laptops? Dev, yourself too? I have not seen them. No. Uh. Yeah. I, I mean, so I think uh, a few months or last year and into, you know, 2021, Samsung actually like said that like, hey, we want to put a renewed focus on our computing division. And that, you know, especially during the pandemic, that made a ton of sense. Everyone was out buying laptops. Recently, the laptop market is kind of dropped it's by so quite a bad. bit. Yeah. Um, between mm-hmm. that and the GPU market kind of cratering, um, I'm not sure this is like the best timed uh, slated announcements <laughs> for them. But we'll see. Um, mm. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by the idea of uh, a Galaxy Book Ultra, and so based on you know leaks so far, we're expecting this to be like a, a 16 inch system with a discrete GPU, which would be somewhat rare for a Galaxy Book um, laptop. And so I, I like the idea and, you know, adding in to the fact that like, you know, Samsung makes great displays and we're probably going to get an AMOLED display, you know, some sort of like high res, uh, you know, very colorful display. I like the ingredients. The design of the laptops has, you know, sometimes I feel like they're a bit too understated for their own good. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that changes when, you know, they actually announce them for real next week. Is there something I you think, guys would yeah. love to see? Like, we've heard some rumors, but like, what, what does Samsung actually need now? Because they have way too many products and way too many models within those products. I yeah. personally, the reason they keep using the Galaxy Book Flex that I have been using is it's onboard S Pen. It's not a separate S Pen that you have to like attach magnetically to the lid. It's It's got its own slot for like on the phone. So I really do like that. Uh, I use it to sign a lot of embargoes over and over and over again for my job. Um, and the touchscreen is nice. I like the design of the Galaxy Book Flex. It doesn't look like a MacBook the way the more recent Galaxy Books do. So maybe bring that back, Samsung. Like I would really love that. But Otherwise, I, I I don't expect a lot from PCs. I do understand that like a lot of people bought laptops during the pandemic to work from home with. And so now you're only two years out and no one's really looking to upgrade. Um, so it is it is weird timing, like Sam said. But I don't know, Sam, what do you want Samsung to do? Samsung's always in this hard spot because like they don't, you know, they don't make their own OS like Apple um or you know Microsoft does. And you know, they're they're not exactly like a leader when it comes to like PCs. And so I guess it's like uh, you really want more integration between the Galaxy phone owners and the Galaxy laptop owners. And so hopefully we're going to get a little bit more integration on terms of like, you know, just making it easier to share files, hand off calls, stuff like that. I mean, granted, a lot of this stuff is things that like people love about the Apple ecosystem. And so it's like, you know, I think 
for at the very least, I want to see Samsung try to re up that more. Then you know they have partnered with Windows before on like the Your Phone app integration, which is fine, but it's just it doesn't feel as smooth or as seamless as you really want it to be. And so I think it's just like you know more iteration on that um, is definitely what I'm looking for. I think that Samsung's tried a version of that for a while, like Sides Flow or Side something. They they had a software name that was kind right, of like and, but there's always features that don't work together, and it's like. You, you like it's it just feels kind of like a half measure and it's like i need i need more a more encompassing approach to this yeah. like whole design pattern samsung was always I about do... like throwing a ton of things together especially features yeah. that don't work and then never really refining them too much i guess yeah i i want to quickly point out a, a comment in the chat before i talk more about what i really want to see in laptops uh diwa alejandro galvez says that they hope samsung brings their awesome smartphone screens to their laptops like the one for 1440p 120 hertz LTPO dynamic AMOLED screens, um, as well as ports. If Samsung wants a piece of the corporate market, use ports. As companies still use legacy connectors, and that's why ThinkPads and Elite Books are being used instead of Macs, which is a very good point. Um, I I would want to take this opportunity to talk also about like just general laptop stuff, right? What I want from a laptop, I want what Lenovo did at CES. I want give me that ThinkBook with a magnetic magic bay where I can slap on a selfie light. Just uh, really, just get lit. Really leaning into your uh, your selfie queen uh, title there. Look, I've ditched that title ages ago. Now I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard her. Never heard of her. Don't I think know who we that can is. find her old YouTube videos. They're they're out there. God damn. Yeah, they're no. out. You never deleted them. <laughs> um, I hear you. I hear you, Sholin. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say though, I don't know if you guys remember like 2010 era Samsung and what they were doing with laptops. Like that was when oh, not the many. Well, it was like they had the super thin models and there weren't many PC makers like making straight up uh, a MacBook Air, you know, or a MacBook Pro type of thing. And Samsung was kind of on the bleeding edge. I used to walk by, there was like a Samsung storefront in the Columbus Circle, uh, in that big Columbus Circle mall, right? And occasionally I'd walk by and go look at that thing. And now it's like every other PC maker has just really uh, leapt past them. So it is weird how Samsung, which ended up dominating mobile, certainly with uh, Android, and has done a decent job with TVs, even though they were slow to get to OLED. Um, they did kind of leave PCs behind. I wonder, are you guys surprised they haven't like gobbled up Acer or somebody, you know, to to get in some of that innovation? Who would buy Acer though? I don't know. Hey, listen, Acer makes good computers. I sorry, just, Sam. They're they're uh, no. Hey, w- why are you saying sorry to me? I don't look for <laughs> Sam, Acer. Sam, who has an Acer tattoo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah. I, I actually think that's a good point, Dev. Like you, you're like. It's kind of surprising that Samsung isn't a bigger player in the laptop space because it really feels like they should be. Um, and like, you know, like in chat, I, I do want to see uh, like a 120 hertz display with like nice AMOLED um, tech. That would be great. Um, and so, you know, we've seen the refresh rates on laptops go up. And so that's really nice. And so if you add in like the really vibrant colors of, you know, Samsung's, you know, AMOLED screens, I think that'll be maybe maybe give it a little feather in its cap. Um but, you know, as far as, like, Samsung tried to get into gaming laptops um, a while back with their Odyssey systems. And it's like, oh, God. They, they didn't, they just didn't, the, the specs weren't right. The design was like, just fell off. And so it's just weird to see, you know, a company who is like so dominant in the smartphone space, like, seem to be like treading water when it comes to laptops. And so that's, it's, it's just a weird dynamic. It's like the, everyone's playing Age of Empires, right? And they put all their resources in mobile. 
Let's get all of our troops out of everything else. Uh, mobile, 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 and maybe some TVs. Um, I got that reference. Yes, I and also, I mean, they were big into mobile VR, right? They were they were teaming up with uh, with oh, God, Oculus the gear before headsets? the gear yeah. headsets. Not not the best things in the world, but they they accomplished something, you know, that not many other companies were playing with. So. I do feel like Samsung is a big enough company that they should be able to like play in many pools at this point. So I don't know. And uh, hey, I talk crap about Android tablets, but the one Android tablet I don't hate is like whatever Samsung is putting out. Because I remember going to the launch event for like the Galaxy Tab S2 or something. And they were like, oh, they put OLED in this and it looks incredible. And I could turn on that tablet today. Still, the thing is basically 10 years old now. It still looks very nice. It's not the best mm-hmm. resolution, but it still looks nice. Yeah, b- best yeah. displays and pr- probably the best design overall chassis um, build quality on the Android tablet side. I want to circle back because we talked a lot about the laptops. But I just realized we didn't talk a lot about what we expect from the phones this year, right? Uh, I know some of the leaks point to the Galaxy S23 Ultra potentially having a 200 megapixel camera Stop. on Stop the it. back Please. well with this let's uh-huh. say like adding weight to this rumor is the fact that samsung on january 17th on my day off uh announced its, its new isocell hp uh sensor if i'm not wrong right sam mm-hmm. so, yeah and yeah, and, yeah it's like samsung has always really tried to push the boundaries when it comes to, like the s23 ultra specifically last year we had a 100 megapixel camera which you know kind of felt like overkill but you know, when you combine it with, like, the 10x optical zoom, suddenly it makes a little bit more sense. 200 megapixels seems like, what are you doing? I, I, like, I don't know what kind of pixel binning they're doing. It must be some, like, more than 10x pixel binning. Well, because they, they want to give you good zooming, I guess, or good cropping, too. So maybe right. maybe that's the thing. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they offer modes where, like, you can switch between, like, your standard pixel binning mode, maybe, like, a medium setting or, like, obviously, and you want that full resolution mode. Um, you know, but you, it, not all the time. It's something like you want to toggle on because you're like, oh, you're taking a landscape and I want all of those pictures or pixels. Mm-hmm. And this also what could, could make for better video capture. Um, what I think the S22 Ultra already captured something like 8K video, right? Stop. Yeah, I, Stop. It was 8K yeah. at 24 FPS no. for the S22. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll see, yeah. you know, if mm-hmm. that changes for the S23 <laughs> I just series. I just want to walk down the street and... Uh, what what resolution shooting at? 8K? Slap it out of their hands. It's a stupid <laughs> idea. Don't do it. Good God. Well, I mean, no. unless you get like the one terabyte phone version, you get the one like, terabyte. you're going to run out of storage. E- even then, instantly. you get the one terabyte phone, you're out of storage in like half an hour. So so yeah. stupid. Are you going to play this also, on your TV? Really? Yeah, what are you watching what 8K are you watching on? That's on? my biggest problem. What are you watching it on? Hey, that's, that's synergy. Samsung makes 8K TVs. Makes this, 8K is, TV. this is, this is you, you figured out their uh, yeah. marketing strategy. You want to see every this pixel is... of that like low, like basic quality sensor, you know? Like, yeah. 8K is for how, IMAX is, cameras. Yeah. Right. This is how you know people have too much money, right? <laughs> when they get the 8K phone and they buy mm-hmm. the 8K TV just to stream their just shitty, stream. shitty it's 8K still gonna phone look like footage. Garbage. It's still going to look like yeah. garbage because you, exactly. you just have more pixels for your garbage. I, if this you have stop. that much money, you can talk to me. We will invest <laughs> it for you. Okay? Invest it, invest it for sure. Uh, Sherlyn, the new spokesperson for Betterment, I guess. Like, uh, just easy, easy investing. <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from sponsorships and biases or whatever. That's why I said invest it. Otherwise, mm. I'd be like, give it to me. But uh, that's not Before great. we wrap this, I do have to, I just need to say this because Sam is here. Mm. Sam, what song do you want Samsung to sing? Uh, like what? What's the latest? What's the latest uh, K-pop? Okay, thing? yeah. 
okay pop well during um, the event vibes, too that, i think yeah uh, well, I, I mean, the late, there's a lot of great, I like Halazia by, uh, I forget who, Halazia is a great song, uh, but there's vibes, there is uh, anti-fragile, there's a lot. I will say Miley Cyrus has a new banger that's been top of the charts, you know, for a bit, so. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm remembering like all the previous unpacks, there's been like a new like mini new. B, uh, BTS it's like, gonna be, it's gonna be music cringe. video. I want Samsung to, so, to go full vibe. on, surprise us all, bring Ice Spice down to from from the Bronx to do to do whatever things, who is like the new hot hip hop girl. And uh, just, just like, be modern, be young, Samsung. We know you can do it. Let Ice Spice do her thing on your stage. Let's move on to some other news. And one story that popped up that uh, Ben, our podcast producer, highlighted for us is, uh, do, you, do you guys remember the no-fly list? Do you remember that that like awful piece of like post-9-11 reactionary stuff that America did to keep people off of airlines? Because um, if, if you were potentially, according to the government, if, if you were a potential danger in the air, if you had a Muslim-sounding name, um, you, you could be banned from flying. And that, that is the whole thing. What's what's funny is that the no-fly list was apparently leaked online entirely um, by Commute Air. So a hacker uh, named uh, Maya Arson Crimew is uh, was the person. She's a 23-year-old trans programmer from Switzerland who put ground servers and kind of found this thing just sitting out in the open. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ben is also pointing out, yeah, the no-fly list doesn't actually keep you from flying, but... It, it does show up as a flag on your ticket. And in some airports, it's really up to the TSA, like, agent there. The whole thing, we should talk about why the TSA shouldn't exist. Um, but, like, yeah, the, at that point, you can be kicked off a flight or you could be flagged for extended search or something like that. So I do remember when, like, when I used to fly with my my wife early on like her tickets would get flagged for potentially no reason and we would have to go through extra security. But there would be these extra, like, XXX marks on tickets um so it's it's a whole thing uh this hacker uh found the list just sitting on a public server uh from commute air posted it online uh it it looks exactly as you'd expect according to tector like a lot of uh, middle eastern names a lot of uh, a lot of different names um some repeats uh some for like names that are maybe um aliases and misspellings for people um but yeah it's uh it's just weird like i don't what do you guys think about this hack in particular and thoughts on the no-fly list, which is still a thing, apparently, in 2023? One thing that I think, think is really funny is that apparently the file was literally called nofly.csv, which don't is look just here. hilarious. Don't look here. Please. It's like, okay, it's like, oh, oh, okay, this is, you're not trying to hide this at all, um, apparently. And the fact that it was like, I think it was uh, unencrypted and they just, you know, didn't have to do any much it's, work to it actually... It was sitting on a public server. So all she had to do was some, like, directory searches and she found it. So that, that that's just fun, kind of funny to me. And, like, you know, kind of jumping off what you said, Devinder, like, so I... Uh, some personal info. I was actually born in Saudi Arabia. Um, and so on my passport, it says, you know, country of birth, Saudi Arabia. Oh, no! And so I, I used to get patted oh. down constantly. And especially, like, when I would, like, bring, like, weird-ass laptops uh, on planes... I would always get like, you know, hey, can you step aside? We need to check your luggage. And it's all like all the time. So, yep. I remember I just uh, trying to travel uh, after 9-11 as a brown person with a I, I don't have a Muslim sounding name, um, but I have a name that confuses people and my tickets wouldn't get flagged. But certainly security would be like, uh, let's let, uh, uh, can we look at your stuff? Can I look at your bag? I'm like, sure, dude. OK, um, 
Yeah. So yeah, this is all mildly triggering. Have you been? Have you done the gunpowder test? Have yeah. You all been yeah. Able to do that in in yeah. New York by NYPD. Uh, it's funny because like oh, um, mine is at in airports. That yeah. that is in airports, but NYPD does like a drug test too. Like they they just like they line up, uh, they put up tables, and they're like um, they just like point at people like you come here, and it became so common for me where I'd be like, oh yeah, hey buddy, what's up? Here, take a look. Because like it would happen to me uh, every couple of weeks. Uh, I, yeah, great. Civil I liberties. used to get dragged. I used to get dragged. One time I got dragged away. I didn't get dragged that much, right? But I got dragged into extra security one time mm-hmm. because my bag just I guess too many wires in it. And this was before bags, I was even a tech reporter. Our bags reporter. do look dangerous. Like our bags under a security yeah. camera. Like when we're traveling right, with like it looks three like computers. A, and everything. Yeah, it looks like a circuit is in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is this but, a bomb? but okay, so yeah. But but because of that one time early in my like traveling days, I was in my early 20s or something. Um, someone pulled me aside and was like this is too many wires. And I was like, oh shoot, okay. So then I, ever since then, now, until today when I travel, I make sure to loop my wires in a very specific way. But also, the response is, is that illegal? They're just... I don't know. They're just, it's not. Not, it's not, not illegal. illegal. They're just. Illegal. They're, they're just, just giving you a hard time. They're just giving you. I mean, a hard I don't time. think it's yeah. illegal what I did, but they were like, "Oh, that's why we pulled you away." Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Well, great. Okay. I was traveling on my own, a single woman. Yeah, very young. It's not great." Um, but yeah, the no-fly list looks what we're like, basically what you would expect. Um, let me see here. Disproportionate number of Arab, Middle Eastern, South Asian names. Yes, Russian arms dealer Victor Bout and sixteen aliases. He's been known to use a bunch of iron Irish nationals with ties to the IRA and an eight-year-old. There were stories about uh, young kids uh, and their parents suing um, the U.S. government because, like, they were put on the no-fly list when they were seven months old or something. So, this is a this is a huge. It's kind of a crazy thing that this still even exists. And uh, I feel like at some point we should look at the TSA and be like, hey, Are you helping? Are you doing anything? Um, these relics of like post 9-11 America, which we're still living with, which still makes our lives difficult. Do you want to shout out um, Maya Arson Krimu's website? Uh, it's at maya.krimu, crime, W, crime, the letter W, dot gay. Best URL ever. And her website is like a hot pink uh, late 90s GeoCity thing with kitties. And it's, um, I look at websites like this and I'm like, ah, no CSS. No, oh, it's got no, the 88 no, by 31 super fast. buttons. Yeah. It, it's, the, oh. it's the lightest web page in the world. It, it loads like, like lightning. This is just, it's text and tables, maybe. Even even oh, if the, that, yeah. The little buttons at the bottom are giving me flashbacks. Yeah. I love the little so buttons. Nice. 88 um, by 31, I love those. Little little things, the little buttons. Uh, she's part of a web ring. Gotta love it. Yes, web ring. web ring. And also the uh, those little logos are like, I remember when I was making websites in late 90s, be like, I'm going to put this. I did those too, I'm yeah. Put this little Netscape thing here. Because yes, my website is best logo. viewed in Netscape Navigator 4.0. Yes. I did the little uh, visitor count tracker things too. <laughs> I loved it. I, lo- I, I would sit there yeah. and like refer- every day after school, I'd run back and go see that. Anyway, this is just a funny story. The no-fly list still exists. And it's funny that, uh, yeah, just, just kind of out there. Thanks to Commute Air. Um, one quick note I want just want to make is um, last week we talked about Microsoft's uh, major layoffs. Uh, they announced they'd be laying off uh, 10,000 people uh, between now and the third quarter. This week, hey, guess what happened, guys? Monday morning, Microsoft announces a, a massive investment in OpenAI, um, reportedly up to $10 billion. Then I reported on Microsoft's earnings report. Microsoft earned $52.7 billion in revenue, up 2% from last year. Uh, slight miss from what the analysts expected, but you know, pretty decent. Um, just, just kind of 
funny to take those numbers in comparison to like, buddy, we gotta, we have to lose 10,000 jobs. We're, we're dying over here. Um, I will note that in those earnings, profits fell by 12% to 16.4 billion. And I think that is what is worrying Microsoft. Uh, all these big companies are worried about where the economy is going. They're also like, PC downturn is hurting them internally. They still want to be able to take uh, money and uh, give it back to stock, uh, shareholders. And that's like the most important thing for a lot of these companies to keep the shareholders happy. Um, so to do that, they will cut staff. And a lot of companies also overhired during the pandemic too. So yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. The PC market is kind of falling apart a bit. But yeah, I think yeah. The, the surface line especially was hit the hardest out of a lot of like the big, you know, laptop brands. So um you know, that's a bit unfortunate. Although at the same time, I think uh, there was also some news talking about how at the same or basically the same day that Microsoft announced layoffs, they had a fancy party in uh, Europe yep. for some of the execs and Sting showed Sting up was and there. Sting played for them. So maybe, hey, uh, Microsoft, if you're going to announce some layoffs, don't have a party at the same Do time the you're Sting doing party. it. Just, yeah. yeah, not not a great look. It's a uh, it's a shame. Um there was a story, I don't have the link for this here too, but we we did talk about Tim Cook uh, drastically reducing his salary too. And uh, I believe Apple is actually one of those companies that has not announced massive layoffs. And so many of these CEOs, Satya Nadella, um, pretty much uh, all of them, um, Sundar Pichai as well at Google are like, I take full responsibility for these layoffs. Oh, do you? Do you? How? Where it hurts or no. Where, Where it hurts, hurts or, or no. no. Um, the Tim Cook thing is like he basically shrunk his uh, salary in half or by a significant amount. And uh, Tim Cook's still going to be fine. Like he's still making tens of millions of dollars a year. He's still going to get make a ton of money from Apple stock and everything and other bonuses from the company. Um, but the key is like you don't have to get rid of people, you know. So I, I just want to point that out. The way the, way the math works out, mm -hmm. Tim Cook's half of his salary, you know, numerically probably saves maybe what like a handful of workers mm -hmm. or something but is the fact that they at least thought to do that first right mm -hmm. like i don't know he took a 40 percent pay cut reducing his salary to 49 million dollars that's more than just okay, a handful that's more than a handful a lot of, of people. people okay yeah that's a lot of people if you're making i'm sorry i, I didn't i assume he makes less than i thought uh, <laughs> no, no, no. if you're I tim cook you're making right you should be making close to 100 million uh, a year apparently that's how okay so 50 million yeah now i know what it's salary to aim for thank you very much our managing editor listening to Life this goals. right now Life goals for this sure is my goals goals mm -hmm. right now no but 50 million dollars yeah there you go that's a lot of money that saves at least like 50 people <laughs> their jobs at one or one. No, I, mean, I think Devinter brings up a really good point though it's like you know there's got at some point the buck has to stop with the employers or, the, or these corporations yes. because they they overhired during the pandemic and now people who have not been there for very long some of them are just losing their jobs and it's like there's got to be some sort of I mean, you hate to turn to like government regulation on to everything, but like you really wish that there would be some sort of check and balance yeah. systems. I feel like for for companies who overhire and then just have layoffs, they're they're not facing any repercussions for this, and they're kind of just messing with a lot of their employees or former employees, and it just you know it's, it almost feels a little bit abusive. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe something should be triggered if you're announcing over over a thousand you know employees being laid off, like. Should be looking especially after hiring a record number of people the year before. Exactly. Exactly. Did Apple also hire a lot of people during yeah, that rush? It sounds like Apple had a okay. big like everybody was doing it because I know Meta yeah. went wild. Everyone's so. at home. Um, maybe Apple didn't go as hard as everybody else, but certainly 
from what I see, Tim Cook is the only person, the only CEO who took a hit, a personal hit. Um, we saw stories around the Ubisoft the CEO being like, now it's up to you workers to, uh, to tighten your belts and, uh, you know, make do with what we're working on here. And it's, it's just such, such a mess. I also think that there's a lot of money being spent in areas that don't need to be spent, uh, where like, I look at the budget for a lot of PR and marketing departments. I don't know necessarily the number, the figure, but I think that there's a lot of money being spent flying people places that don't need to be flown places. So I don't know, maybe, maybe look at other areas. Like do name Charlie in the chat. That's what reminded me of this budget thing, uh, says fire all the TikTok brunchers. Maybe, maybe maybe we don't need to engage so much with, well, uh, I don't know. No, I don't, I yeah. don't know. I don't, for some companies, maybe they do need that. But for some, I don't think the low-level employees, no matter who they are, no matter what their jobs are, even if you find them annoying, they are not the problem. They're not the ones who hire you know, too many people. They're not the ones deciding the overall budget. Hey, I'm very annoyed by the story. I'm also very annoyed by the story we've heard about um, Justin Roiland, the co-creator of Rick and Morty. Adult Swim just fired him um, because there have been ongoing uh, revelations about um, domestic violence charges, um, his gross behavior towards younger fans as well. Um, yeah, I like Rick and Morty, but apparently Justin Roiland has been in um, face it. He's like been in court for years dealing with this thing. It's been very quiet up until now. And uh, yeah, the case just broke recently. So lots of repercussions here. I don't know if you guys care about Rick and Morty, but it is, um, it's uh, it's fascinating to see like how quickly Adult Swim was just like the show will go on, but we don't we don't need this dude. I I like the show, but totally you could replace those voices. And Rick and Morty is a show made up of lots of writers, lots of creative talent, so don't necessarily need him there too. Thoughts? Um, I'm I was kind of out on Rick and Morty mm-hmm. after the whole Szechuan sauce debacle, yeah, yeah. and so. I like, you know, I, I appreciate what the show does. You know, th- it, it is humorous, but at the same time, I'm not like a deep fan. So it's like, okay, good. This is, you know, this is probably for the better of the show. Um, Adult Swim is, you know, I think they didn't really have a choice. Like, you can't continue working with this person. <sighs> yeah. So, you know, they're, they're doing what they have to do. And Adult Swim, like, has been also, like, reported for not being the best place to work I'll, throughout many shows there. Like, not, not the best overall work culture in general. So who knows how much, like, they were like just allowed some of this to happen yeah thoughts Sherlyn? because uh yeah we, we my can... thoughts mm-hmm. my thoughts are everyone has secrets and yeah. all of our don't 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 worship heroes don't worry right? like, your heroes and don't be a shit bag don't be how about also, that don't be a don't be a bad person don't be a bad person there you Ugh. go in other news wikipedia has done its first desktop redesign in a decade and it have you guys visited Wikipedia recently? Like, have you just been like surprised by the fact that oh my god, Wikipedia of all places looks different I, now? I kind of, I kind of had to stop because they were like the the aggro donation requests uh-huh. were a little too much for me, so I was like not looking at it for a bit. Uh-huh. Uh, I also mostly look at it on mobile nowadays. Sure, I think this affects mobile. Well, no, this is a desktop redesign, but you know this this new thing like it is it's cleaner. I think it's a lot cleaner. There's a lot less like random. I think Wikipedia was like the king of like table based design for her while, like simple mm-hmm, text, mm-hmm. just let everything load quickly. I like it. I think it's cleaner. Uh, I don't think Wikipedia needs to do much. Wikipedia is like Craigslist, right? It is an internet good. And yeah, it sucks that they have to keep asking for money, but uh, the Wikimedia Foundation needs money. So yeah. Yeah. I I, I always like those uh, little little requests from Jimmy Wales. Yeah, Jimmy like, Wales. Hey, oh, I, I haven't seen you in a while. Come back. Uh, you know. Sure, I'll, I'll toss you a dollar. I mean, like, I like I use Wikipedia like enough that like you know exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll throw them a li- like you know contribute a little bit. 
It is my one complaint mm-hmm. about the new design is like in general, I think it's really good. Um, they didn't change too much, which is like probably the best choice for any redesign, especially for you know a, a, a resource like Wikipedia. My one issue is that it, the widescreen support is still not great on desktop, yeah, and it's just like yeah. there's too much white space on the left and the right, and it's like if you're gonna redo the desktop, just hey, widescreen monitors or more. Po- and I'm not even talking about ultra wide; I'm just talking about general widescreen monitors. Screen. Like, but, you know, give mm-hmm. give me a little bit more information mm-hmm. on the page at once. You want to like wrap to be a little wider, I guess. Like they they basically have a pretty narrow column. I I don't know. I I, I tend to keep my windows in like a basic narrow size that fits like most web pages so i i have not noticed that but are you full screening windows over there sam like a crazy person? i i have well, i have dual monitor so yeah. i you know i do have full yeah. screen on the you know yeah. left and then like you know depending on what i'm doing i'll have like you know split panes on the other one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally get that nice to see wikipedia doing something new um we found a story that sterling may like it's about poop oh <laughs> tell me more scientists found a new emperor penguin colony by tracking poo markings from space Okay, you could have led with this is about penguins, not poo. It is about okay, penguins but go and on. poop. Yeah, even better. No, well, okay, cool. It's Thanks. about penguin poop. I prefer the penguin. Okay. But uh-huh. it is it is funny to see like an announcement like this coming just because, uh, hey, we were looking at these things from space. And uh, there are more emperor penguins. Uh, I believe like they are, I don't know if they're actually endangered, but it's not like we don't have a ton of emperor penguins out there. So it's really nice to find a new, you know, a new batch of them. And also it's really hard to explore like what's happening in Antarctica. So it's kind of cool that satellite imagery can reveal some of this stuff for us. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we haven't found this colony before is probably good because maybe it means there's more penguins out there than we think there are, which is like, you know, uh, random thing. I used to work in an aquarium Uh and I used to take care of penguins. (laughs) So uh, this is awesome news. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Penguins are very loud and they're very smelly and uh, do not mess with them during mating season or else they will peck your hands <laughs> oh, off. Oh, man. Uh, mm. I feel like that's... What type of penguins, Sam? I forget. Uh, I work with African penguins, little blue penguins, which are the little, tiny little Australian Aww, uh, penguins, yeah. and uh, rock hoppers. Very nice. Uh, some context from the article. For the last 15 years, the British Antarctic Survey has been searching for new penguin colonies by using satellite imagery to spot the telltale poo stains. Of the 66 colonies humans have known about in Antarctica, exactly half have been found using satellites. So that's cool. That Aww. is super cool. I want to wipe out their little poo. I don't think you do. Take a Roomba. I think you, you have Roomba your auntie mug, oh, oh, no, 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 you don't. You, 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 wanna, say yeah, that now. you want to do some poo <laughs> practice? Uh, you have an auntie mug no, and uh, there's right, a right. pooing creature right there. For you to help out with. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm yeah, back yeah, Trillin, we, we have some diapers if, uh, to change if, uh, if no, you want to no, help You really get your practice in. Okay, let's talk about some stories happening around Engadget. Uh, Dan Cooper reviewed Poker Face, the new Ryan, Co- uh, the new Ryan Johnson show that's on Peacock. And uh, I'd say it's worth checking out his review. And I've seen most of this season of this show. And God damn, the show is good. It is so, so good. It is very much Columbo in that... It is a crime show, kind of like a mystery show, but it starts with the opening scene is exactly how the crime happened, right? Like who did it, um, why it happened. You get all that context. And Natasha Leone stars as somebody um, who has sort of a superpower. They never talk about it as a superpower, but she has the ability to tell whenever anybody is lying. And that's it. And she's not a cop. She's not like really an investigator. She's kind of somebody who um she's like somebody who's been a part of the gambling underworld um after the first episode she's basically on the run 
And in every episode, she is meeting new characters, new people, new settings. It is such a throwback to old school TV shows where like, yeah, we're, we're, we're in a diner town now. We're in a barbecue town now. And man, it reminds me of watching Columbo. It reminds me of watching Murder, She Wrote, because there's a lot of that in here, too. It is really cool. I think you'd enjoy it, Sherlyn. Sam, I'm not sure if this is kind of your deal, but I love Ryan Johnson. This is yet another successful Ryan Johnson project. So Yeah, yeah. I, I just watched Glass Onion not too long ago. Oh, um, that was so good. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely down for it. This sounds like the breath of fresh air I need from all so of the good. like really awful yeah. cable yeah. Uh, cop docudrama. Yep, yep. It, it is things. like we've been so... Um, I think dr- we've been drowning in like peak TV um serialized narratives uh for so long and this one's just like hey new adventure every week you, you like natasha leone let's hang out with natasha leone she has the power to tell whenever anybody's lying um i like when ryan johnson does this too because if you remember the first knives out movie um the lead character could not tell a lie and adding these like little bits of like character traits uh really lets you have fun with like how this narrative works so anyway check out poker face it's on peacock it is worth doing the peacock uh, preview for that um and also yeah yeah check it out i think it's really good that was the around and gadget story right that's the around and gadget story well there's that um steve dent also reviewed the four movie theater uh ust ultra short throw projector um for us and he really liked it he scored this thing a 92 it's a $3,000 projector, um, one of those ones that sit right in front of your screen or the wall, um, so you don't need to, like, wire it up to the back of your room. Oh, or your ultra ceiling. short throw. Ultra short throw. UST. UST. Okay. Um, it's a triple, uh, triple laser, has really good color accuracy, surprisingly good sound, and after reading this and also after getting rid of um, a, a projector I've had for a while, I just also reviewed the LG Cinebeam, the latest Cinebeam. Um, I sent that back to LG. I'm like, I... Mm, I need something. I need this back. And then, uh, yeah, uh, funny enough, Steve reviewed this four movie thing. It is um, the only ultra short throw I've seen that has Dolby Vision support. And also projectors in general don't really do Dolby Vision in HDR very much. So I got that. Uh, I ordered it, got it within a week. I'm using it to watch Sundance movies and stuff now. It is not as bright as the LG, but it is, you know, for your money. It's a really great 4K projector, and the Dolby Vision stuff, the color accuracy stuff looks really, really good. So just wanted to shout this out. Check out Steve's review. If you're looking for a projector like this, it may be worth considering. Um, I do know some projector people, reviewers, don't really recommend ultra short throws to consumers. Uh, Wirecutter's most recent projector guide doesn't recommend them at all. I do feel like that is a bit, maybe it's a little bit of an archaic mentality because... Yeah, yeah. I feel like that that trend was starting... When when they first came out... They, they they were you know they were very janky, but I think it's been a long enough where that tech has really matured. And the um, the price has come down like quite a bit. Like guys, when we were first seeing these ultra short throw projectors, remember Sony had some stuff in like 2013, 2014 at CES, and I would talk to Sony and be like, "Cool, this is amazing. How much does this cost? Like forty thousand dollars?" <laughs> right. Yeah, it's completely. And I want to slap that Sony spokesperson. It's like, what? What are you? Who is this for? What? Um, LG. LG started showing off their Cinebeam, uh, I really think around 2019. So I was also testing that one for a bit. Um, those things started at $6,000. And now we have this one from 4Movie, which, by the way, is a uh, this is a version of a Xiaomi projector that's been rebadged for America. So it's Xiaomi combined with um, a laser tech company to produce this uh, in America. So yeah, Xiaomi's here. This is an Android TV projector. Um, $3,000. Sounds like a lot of money, but if you are 
serious about getting like a good home theater projector, your price range is $2,000 to $5,000. And the one wire cutter was recommending, it was like the latest Epson. It's like the Epson LS12000, I think. Um, that thing starts at, that's a $5,000 projector. So, it, and that's a traditional rear throw install in the back of your room or like put it on a cabinet or something. I didn't want to deal with that. And this thing just seemed so much better. So anyway, this worked out pretty well. I'm really liking it. Steve Dent, who reviews a lot of projectors for us, really loved it as well. Um, I think it's worth checking out if you have a projector in your future. Um, just make sure you try to get an ALR screen. Those are screens that reject light from like the top and the side. So that helps these things work better in the daylight. Sam, yeah, I, I yeah. was going to say the, the hardest thing about projectors is like you, you, there's like two kinds of people in the world. There's TV people and there's projector people. And if you decide to cross that line into the projector world, like you got to go make go make new friends. You got to like redesign you your both. house. No, no, you can be both, Sam. Like I in twenty, <laughs> is both. yeah, I am both. Like I I wrote up like I fit a projector into my Crown Heights apartment, like in like mm. twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen. Right, but it's it's it's, it's, it's like that, those sacrifices. You you have like a new like perspective on the world For because sure. it's like oh man, can can I fit like a screen in there? Yeah. Like oh gonna, no, definitely. We're, we're gonna every put the every projector. time like I'm going to if I look at friends like uh, sometimes friends send me houses they're looking at or apartments. You could, could slip a bad boy there. He could put a 100 inch screen on that wall. Um, you can totally live with a projector and a TV. And I did that in New York for a while. Right now, I'm lucky enough to have a basement. And in that basement, we installed like um, a ceiling mounted projector thing, a projector screen that can uh, roll down when it needs to. And it's super useful. That's 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 the nice thing. So you, you can have it like disappear when you need yes. it and then show up, you know. Projectors you are great though, guys. Movies. And you could do it in an apartment. They also make new screens that roll up from the bottom. So for the for years, I was like living with this like giant ass uh, tripod thing that would sit in my mm, office in in Brooklyn. I think you even came for one of those, Sherlyn. Like if you came for yeah. Tom Popo, um, but yeah, I'd have to like lug it out, weighs like thirty pounds, set it up. Not fun, but it did let me watch projector stuff at home. Um, yeah, so much easier. Ultra short throws. I'm a fan. Sam, you also did. Uh, you've done a bunch of write ups for things. Uh, what have you yep, been yep. working on? So uh, earlier this week, I got a chance to do, uh, do a hands-on demo with uh, Niantic's latest AR uh, mobile game, uh, NBA All World. And so for anyone who's played like Niantic's other games like Pokemon Go or Ingress or whatever, it's a similar format. You know, you're going, you have your phone, you're going out into the world, and you're, you're going playing into virtual various basketball around the world, right? right? And, you're, and you're going to like virtual <laughs> real-world locations uh -huh. to pick up items and stuff like that. The big difference with NBA All World is that instead of like going to gyms to do raids in Pokemon, um, and, and those are like you know various points of interest. NBA All World, their whole thing is you you have to go to a basketball court in order to play other people uh -huh. and like challenge the leaderboard for what? that that's attached to that basketball court. And it's like, <laughs> oh my god, this is like I know kind of silly, it's very silly. But it's also kind of awesome okay. because it's like you're bringing ballers back to the court because it's like to stare you know, at their you're phones. Playing, <laughs> right. Sure. Okay. Like, if we can sidestep that small issue for a second, but it's like you know, if you're playing NBA 2K at home, or like you know, my mm -hmm. personal favorite NBA Street, uh -huh, uh -huh. you know, you're sitting at home on the couch, sure. but like you're actively you know, doing something though. Like you're you're playing. Right. And so they're they're, they're like, this is the f Niantic's whole thing is like they think this is like the first game that's going to get like people who love basketball to go back outside. Like that's the yeah. classic parent line. It's sure. like go outside, go outside and play. Hey, and it's like okay, Pokemon Go did make I'll people go, go outside. Um, are people uh, one thing I love about like I've lived near basketball courts and just would like hang out and work by them stuff. I love the sound of sneakers like swiping and moving. Are are people doing that while they're playing? Like, are you like staring at your phone? Like, 
squeak, I mean, squeak. Can you so, do that? like, you know, the, the sound effects don't quite deliver that experience. But, I mean, I think theoretically, and obviously this, like, you know, we'll see if this happens. But, like, I can kind of imagine a situation where, like, hey, maybe, you know, you love basketball. You like NBA All World. You go out to a court to, like, challenge someone's leaderboard. And then suddenly you notice, oh, hey, there's people playing a pickup game. It's like, then you hop in. It's yeah. like... You know, you play a little real basketball. You get tired. You come out, take a breather. Yeah. You play a little or, NBA. Or they're world. like, "Hey, wanna wanna join this pickup game?" And you're like, "No, I'm busy. I'm <laughs> right. busy playing NBA like, All you know, World." Theoretically, it's like it's kind of maybe bridging that gap between like online uh, basketball community and like real That's basketball. Cool. That's kind of cool. So yeah. it's it's kind of cool. Obviously, the, you know, there's some tie-ins with like Adidas and Puma. Oh, Sherlyn's downloading it right now. I can see the screen. Yes. So you know, there's yeah. there's tie-ins with Adidas and Puma where like you know you can buy like pro baller shoes in the game and so like that's of course like, you know, there this we is go the mon- now it the monetization sense. scheme is very clear uh-huh. like you you know what's going on but like you know that's for better or worse that's part of like basketball culture so i get it now they don't have nike in there yet which is obviously like a weird kind of omission for like something that's like you know really all about the basketball culture um and but you know they have the licenses for all the big name ballers and like you know you can go out and collect like your favorite roster you know go to different parks and you'll see like you know Giannis Antetokounmpo like on you know he'll be on the map and you can go challenge him if you beat him in a challenge you can That's join cool. him like, do they show like are they like are there AR models or something like show up like they're on the court because that would be cool uh no so I don't okay. as far as I know they they don't have that like pass through thing like Pokemon Go does so you know you're still like you know looking at your phone mostly but you are have to you know go it would be kind of cool if you were playing like, like a that. virtual game and then other people like stand wa- watchers could just like pull up their phones and it would be virtually represented like on the court that would be some, cool I, I mean they they have some big plans for this they're talking about like you know no, nothing concrete but like hey we want to get some of the ballers to do mocap for the animations in the game and that'd be really nice you know they want to get nike on board and so and, and the game is launching globally so like you can play across the world if you want and that's cool because you know basketball yes it was invented in the u.s but you know it's a very international sport now so i think that's cool too super cool um i yeah. sam uh-huh. you and i live i know i all my walk to the gym every day i pass at least three basketball courts if not four so i'm gonna be playing that's why i download oh, I'm, I'm, I'm i i gotta i gotta post up in like the gym uh yeah. in the court across the street from me in that's hamilton the, park that's that, gonna that be one, my, my court i'm gonna go there i'm gonna go there and challenge you on that one because i pass that like fairly often too and i'm gonna go to the one in the park across the street from my gym uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna, gonna do that. We're gonna fight, gonna Sam. I'm gonna AR. drop by your apartment later today. Yeah, and then challenge your. We, you know, we talk about like the use of AR glasses. I would love for if AR glasses were actually a thing, you could walk to a place and do some just like virtual pickup or something. Like maybe it actually did involve mechanics from you. Maybe it's just like you're playing a Chuck E. Cheese game or something. But to just do it and with random stopper buys turn the entire world into an arcade. Sure, yeah, give me that. That sounds cool. Um, one thing I want to mention, Sam, um, I do feel like, okay, people are coming out of the pandemic is still happening, but people are out more traveling, more doing stuff more. One cool air project I really, uh, liked when I reported on it was Minecraft earth and Microsoft shut that down because that, ha- that basically launched in the early part of the pandemic. Um, did you get to play with that? Like, I think that had a lot of potential too, to be able to like build stuff anywhere in the world. Right. And, and build, build, mm-hmm. like, I think the premise was actually really yes. awesome because you could build something in, in a virtual world, but then you could show it like anyone who walked by and pulled out their phone, they could see what you built. And like, so you, you were kind of playing in this shared, shared, uh, like, you know, playscape. 
I, I like the idea, but I don't know. It's hard. It's it, and I think that's the big issue. You know, no one knows how you know NBA All World is going to do. Even Niantic itself, they've had some pretty like you know notable stumbles. There was the Harry Potter game that uh, got canceled. There was also the Catan um, AR game that uh, got canceled before it even got released. And so, trying to build that uh, community from the ground up is going to be a big challenge for the company. Um, and especially because I had talked to some of the senior producers at um, Niantic, and they said there's almost no overlap between your Pokemon Go player and your traditional basketball video <laughs> yes, game player. Yes. Which obviously makes a lot of sense if <laughs> they you think about it. They would spend their time like, finding Pokemon rather than playing But it basketball. just makes it really hard for them to you know, reach out to people who you know, they love sports and maybe aren't the most technically savvy. And that, that can definitely be, uh, be a little bit of a challenge. Kind of cool. Love that Niantic's playing with this new stuff. Uh, you also reviewed uh, something else too, right, Sam? That's correct. So uh, just uh, just today, um, uh, we published my review for the uh, Aya Neo 2, which is basically a Windows-based uh, Steam Deck Pro. Uh, and so very similar design, but it's even more compact. The important thing, though, is that it has a much nicer screen, full HD+, plus, uh, 1920 by 1200, so not 800p like the Steam Deck. And it has an AMD Ryzen 7 6800U processor, which is noticeably more powerful. We're talking about 25 to 40% faster frame rates. Um, and so that makes a big difference. Um, and it's just really nice. And there's also a couple of other little features. It has, you know, hall sensor joysticks. So there's like no dead zone. Controls feel really snappy. Um, obviously, with the big performance, battery life isn't that great um so we're looking at an hour hour and a half less wow. battery life yeah. than the steam deck which already was fine mm. but you know not ideal these, these are not things that i've learned you're not going to take this on the subway you're not going to like really go out and play too much but it is great for like being on the couch being on your bed and just like not not making that final step to your gaming pc right so right mm -hmm. and that's there are a couple things that like make it I wouldn't want it as my primary mm -hmm. machine, but like this thing has three USB-C ports versus one wow. for the Steam Deck. You know, that that uh -huh. makes something. And Ioneo does a really good job of like including a bunch of accessories. So you get international power adapters. You get two USB-C to USB-A dongles in the box, which is like not most laptop makers don't don't even bother with that. Um, the one problem is, is that, you know, Ioneo, uh, Chinese company, uh, don't really have a huge, you know, consumer presence over here. And so... The documentation is a little spotty. Uh, there's a FAQ, uh, like a link to FAQ inside the machine, but the link takes you to a doc that's written in Chinese. So it's one of those things where it's definitely for the enthusiast, but if you are that kind of person where you like you know, a portable PC handheld uh, and want something with a bit more for performance, it's a really nice upgrade alternative to the Steam What's Deck. the price of this? Uh, it starts at $850, um, so... Almost double the price of a base Steam Deck. Although, remember, the base Steam Deck comes with 64 yeah, gigs yeah. of onboard storage, so you're almost certainly paying for SD card. Like, the, the Steam Deck, I think a lot of people got, like, is the higher-end option, which is, what, over 600, 650? Yeah, yeah. so, the, I, totally. Um, For me, like, my personal Steam Deck, I have the 512 gig storage one, and that's closer to about $600. So you're looking at, like, you know, 600, 650 versus 850 for the Ioneo 2. So the gap isn't as big if you're, like, you know, once again, if you're that person who wants a bit more from a portable handheld PC. Yeah, it looks very much like almost like the, the Vita back in the day. Like it is a little more stylish, a little more polished. How is the build quality to you? 
surprisingly really great. It um you know they and that's one of those things like they really paid attention to detail. Like they made sure that like there's no external screws. There's little face plates that cover the screws. You can pry them off, and so you, if you want to get inside the system, you can. But um you know it really makes for like a really nice streamlined design. And then even the other things, if you look at the the screen, there's no bezel around the screen at it's all. Beautiful. And yeah. so it just it. it not only does it make the system more compact, but it just gives it a nicer appearance. Like you're not dealing dealing with big black borders like you get on the Steam Deck. And the Steam Deck is huge; it's almost a foot wide. So, and and this thing is more closer to ten inches, which like, <laughs> yes, doesn't sound like a huge month, a huge bunch, but like mm-hmm. it's definitely noticeably smaller and more compact. Yeah, it's a couple inches. I've been doing some Steam Deck stuff um, with my daughter too. Like we basically did an opening mission of uh, No Man's Sky, just to kind of show her what it's capable of. And I I have to hold it to let her do other things, but it is no matter what you get if it's the steam deck or this thing like there is something to it there is something powerful to being able to like yeah there, there's yeah. I, I definitely feel like this whole section of the handheld pc market there's a lot of like untapped potential there and you know i think they've been around for years but the steam the release of the steam deck really brought more attention to that category and so now you have like gpd who's been a long time player in this and then ioneo and like some other companies and now they're like really they have more availability for components and they have, you know, they, they see the kind of roadmap in how to make these things more accessible to your average yeah. person. The thing about the Steam Deck is that it runs SteamOS, so it runs on Linux, but it you turn it on and your Steam library is there, right? And it it's kind of like an easy interface. I see your screenshots and video for the Sam. You're running this on Windows. and Oh, yeah. yeah. So it, it, out Windows. of the box, it runs Windows. And so they, they, they did a couple interesting things where like, there's no built-in touchpads like you get in the Steam Deck, but you can control the mouse using the joysticks, which is like just a l- nice little handy thing if you like, you know, want yeah. to navigate Windows at I all. I never um, use the touchpad on the Steam Deck, so yeah, sure. I have an important question for Sam. Uh-huh. So I just spent that last however minutes y'all were talking. Playing yeah, I saw you just like over. staring at your phone. Great, <laughs> love it. I, I I'm done. I finished the tutorial and everything. I have one. I cho- chose my name. By the way, I'm going to be Share Balls. It's great. Um, Interesting question. choice. Okay. Yeah. It goes. Who do I cheer for? Should I pick the Nets or the Knicks, Sam? <laughs> uh, did, uh, you wait. Didn't you say you have a pair of Kyrie's? Shh, don't, shh, don't tell anyone that. I, I bought that I only because they look you, nice. You, you know. I mean, only because they look nice. I don't. Uh-huh, I don't support. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I mean, it. it depends. Like the Knicks are kind of like a weird, like up and coming team <laughs> in a weird way because they've been bad forever. Um, okay. And then, meanwhile, you have like Brooklyn. They have like KD and Kyrie and a bunch of all stars, and then Ben Simmons, who doesn't know how to shoot but is getting paid forty million dollars a year. These young up and comers, hey, you know, the hey. Knicks. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the the easy way is, hey, what team's colors do you like more? Uh, orange and blue or like black this, and silver? I like, I like this one that looks like a basketball that got a monster that ripped it out of it. This one. The, I, think, I think that's the Raptors logo. <laughs> so you, suddenly the you're supporting to Toronto. Oh, sure. um, Ooh, Trillin Toronto. Does love Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on while Trillin learns to play this game. Uh, let's okay, move on to yeah. what we're working on. And uh, we got some of your stuff, Sam. Uh, I just want to say I'm finishing up the Mac Mini review. I have some wink, wink, winky, winky VR stuff coming soon in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, there's that. And maybe uh, one review from Sundance, um, the one about uh, long-term space travel and how that affects people. Um, so I'm hoping to write that up this week and I'll be out for the next couple weeks. Um, Sherlyn, what are you up to? 
Uh, you know, Samsung's next week. We will be live streaming Samsung's Unpacked event here on the Engadget YouTube channel. Sam and I will be co-hosting. Come over and join us then. We will be just chit-chatting with y'all and dropping our jaws at what Samsung has unveiled. And because of that, we're also prepping for Samsung. It's going to be fun. Also, Chinese New Year. Also Chinese New Year. And then NBA All World. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah. And then yeah. just stuff uh, like... I'm apparently I'm working on all the edgy gadgets. All the edge. So uh, yeah. the PlayStation Edge controller and uh, hoping to get in the Razer Edge, their uh, game streaming thing. So hopefully we'll have some coverage on that. Uh, those two devices, real very soon. Very cool. Very cool. Let's move on to our pop culture picks for the week as we wind down. Trillin, what do you got for us? All right, I got I got three things. I'm gonna start with uh, this obvious thing you all know, kind of related to what we were talking about just now, which is I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet. Uh, I think Ooh. Sam. Yeah, we talked Thank briefly you. about this. a little late, but hey, any 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 time's a good time to play Pokemon. Extremely late, uh, but it's been very fun. I don't know what the difference between Scarlet and Vi uh, Violet are. I think maybe the the the. It's mostly the legendaries, and there's a couple the Pokemon that are okay. only available in certain uh, titles. Gotcha. So one of my friends was playing Scarlet. I was like, oh, shoot, that looks really nice. So I went uh, and tried to get it and then actually have to thank our executive editor, Aaron Saporis, who gifted me <laughs> the game uh -huh. because I couldn't find a free version. So there you go. Um, it's been fun. Awesome. Love it. Reminds me of my who's, childhood. Who's your and favorite then, Pokemon so far? I had to pick the so of the starter Pokemon. I Just in my general or the starters. Just who's your favorite Pokemon uh, in, the, in the new game? It's probably my Fuegogo or the Coridon that I'm writing. Um, okay, okay. So, we, I haven't seen that many yet. They're all really stupid. There's an we olive called Smoliv. <laughs> There's a... The names are hilarious. The names are great. Um, this, so, this is why people like Pokemon, okay? Yeah. 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 The names are awesome. Um, and then my next thing is... Uh, remember how I got hooked on Vampire Survivor? Uh, if you don't like the vampire theme... <laughs> Or you found the graphics kind of kind of low res and lo-fi. Uh, there's actually a different. There's so many there's dupes many now. Yeah. Um, so many. But I've been playing this other dupe of it called Survivor.io. Yep. It's basically Vampire <laughs> yeah. Survivor, but with robots. It's quite funny. Yeah. Uh, the reason I want to shout it out is I haven't played through all of it yet. But the reason I want to shout it out is if you get high enough, apparently one of the weapons you can unlock is a durian. Sure. It's pretty cool. pretty cool. You see, I don't see I'm that in sure Vampire Survivor. I feel like robots would be immune to durians, but That's okay. True. Well, unless you, they have you, smell wait sensors. Wait till you see how it evolves. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's got thorns. A lot of these came out before Vampire Survivor, to be honest. I, I believe ah. Robots I hope even did. So it could be a thing. Okay. We won't uh, talk yeah. about hentai survivors, which is also a thing. No. Well, now I want to look for They're just putting putting that out there for Shulin. Okay. I'm going to look for it. And then the last thing is a TV show that I just watched yesterday because it actually only premiered yesterday. It's called Extraordinary. It's on Hulu. Yes, I need to see this. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was uh, surprisingly fun. I just saw it like looking for something to watch and uh, it is funny. It's basically based about this world. Uh, it's, a, it's a UK TV show about this world where everyone, when they turn 18, they'll get a superpower. Um, and this main character does not have hers despite being like way past 18 i don't know her actual age yet um she lives uh and and these like abilities range like the run the gamut really you've got the typical flying uh, super strength you've also got someone who can talk to the dead or take on you know spirits it, it sounds then, very much like the my hero academia style of, i was like, just about to say superpowers. that yes. right. so yeah cool but not in not not in uh, school, right? But here's here's the fun part. Some of these powers, one person, without spoiling it too much for you, can three D print stuff out of his. Book. I've, I've heard this. 
Uh, yeah. I think we can, so we can assume awesome. how the mechanics of that work. So, okay. I don't know, yeah. man. But y'all gotta watch it. It's pretty fun and it's it's really well done. Cool. Kind of kind of don't like the characters a little bit, but I think that's part of the draw here. So <laughs> uh, one of those things. I just want to quickly shout out. I'm watching a bunch of Sundance stuff, but I will highlight two movies that I think are fantastic and everybody should check out. Polite Society, which is uh, directed and written by Nita Manzur. She created We Are Lady Parts on Peacock. Also another great thing to watch on Peacock. Um, it's about a British um, Pakistani Muslim family. And uh, basically about two sisters, uh, one a teenager and uh, another like late 20s, uh, the teenager, Rhea Khan, wants to be a stunt double. She wants to be a stunt performer in movies. And the movie is basically about her um, learning that her sister kind of doesn't, her sister wants to be an artist. Um, this movie, I would basically call this year is everything everywhere all at once because Rhea Khan is, uh, she studies martial arts, um, ev- events and conflicts in this movie are handled through elaborate wire martial arts fights. And I kind of love that. It's also really funny. It's a movie about sisterhood and how these two relate, but also about like committing your life to a dream and uh, trying to figure out what to do if you're not actually good at it. You know, like I think it's uh, pretty dope. Great colors. Um, also really fantastic. Like there is a wedding dance sequence later in this movie that is basically like an FU dance sequence, but also transitions into a full scale fight. And this is like everything. This is like everything I love. Um, love to see this out here. Um, and love uh, makes me love Nita Manzur every, all the more. So this is going to be hitting American theaters, I think, within a couple of months. I don't have the exact release date here. Um, but I know it's been it, it's going to be in theaters. So it's definitely worth checking out. Um, that's Polite Society. Also, want to shout out a movie I think you'd really enjoy, Sholin. It's called Rye Lane, R-Y-E, uh, directed by Rain Allen Miller. And if you like the before sunset type of movies, it's about two uh, two young folks, like two 20-somethings from London, who stumble into each other. One is reeling from a breakup, and uh, that's um, it's an actor I really like from Industry. His name is escaping me right now. David Johnson uh, from Industry. And another is a girl who basically sees that she is he is dealing with like a, this breakup in a bad way. And they decide to just like hang out together for a day. And it turns into this like really sweet, funny, romantic experience of them just trying to like get to know each other, but also dealing with their baggage. It's super colorful. It gives us like a great look at like uh, different folks in the black community in London as well. Like a side of London. I don't think we typically get to see in romantic comedy. So this is fantastic. It's super fun. It's called Rye Lane. This will also be in theater soon. Uh, March 31st in the U.S. So it's so good. I think you will love it. And anybody, if you if you poo-poo romantic comedies, I think this is one of the like good ones. It's genuinely sweet and funny and not like saccharine. This is very much before Sunset Style, and I really dug it. Sam, anything you want to shout out? I've been watching Trigun Stampede, which is the kind of reboot, remaster of the original Trigun. So anyone who watched uh, like Toonami back in the day in like the early 2000s, um, and so, it, I, like, I love it. You don't even you don't need to watch the first one to appreciate the new one. Um, the animation is great. It is computer animated uh, anime, but I think it looks awesome. This might be the best CG anime. Yeah, I've seen I, yet. I, I instinctively hate CG anime, and this one at least looks interesting. I guess, yeah. And uh, and so this uh, series is more closely uh, tied to the manga, and. Uh, I, I was, you know, for anyone who, like, saw the first one, like, there there was, like, a jokey quality, you know, slapdash comedy quality to the other one. 
This one is like, there's still a little bit of that, but it goes hard. Like episode three, just things just fly off the rail. Um, so it, it's it's a lot more mature. It's a lot more graphic, um, but it has, inc- the art style is incredible. And, you know, for me and or anyone who remembers the original, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Cool, cool, cool. One thing I want to mention, people have been asking me, like, where where, where can I see some of these movies? Sundance is still doing virtual stuff this year, so I'm I'm not in, you know, Park City. But you can buy individual tickets for some Sundance movies. I think it's like 20 to 25 bucks. But for movies that you may not see till the end of the year, it may be worth it. And the whole, like, process you can watch on your TV, it's super easy. So it's worth checking out. And stay tuned for my coverage and maybe, maybe some additional coverage around Sundance. Well, that's it for our episode this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale Nora. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. This podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra online at... I'm at Devendra on Twitter. Still not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm Devendra at Mastodon.social. I'm Mastodon. I have podcasts about movies and TV at the Filmcast Podcast. And you can find Sam online at... At Sam Rutherford on Twitter and, as always, on Engadget.com. And if you want to send me your favorite basketball team so I can choose which one to support, give me a good reason, too. Uh, I am on... Sh- on Sherlin. You are. I am at Sherlin Low on Twitter and also on Mastodon. You can find all my links there. Email us your thoughts at podcast.engadget.com. Leave us a review, please, on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have that much money, you can talk to me. We will invest it for you. Okay?